You guys, I've missed you. My name is Sion Camille. You are listening to the Apricity podcast. Apricity means the warmth of the sun in the winter. My hope is that you listen to this podcast and you leave feeling a little bit warmer inside. A little bit of hope that the sun in the winter would give you. I have been going through a pretty heavy period of burnout. If you are feeling burnout right now, there's probably a lot of people who are in final season that are feeling it. I just want you to know that you're not alone. Get cozy, go for a walk, grab a cup of tea, and let's get into today's episode. Burnout, according to the internet, is a form of exhaustion. It's a result of excessive and prolonged emotional, physical, and mental stress. Burnout happens when you're overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to keep up with life's incessant demands. Some signs of burnout are lack of motivation, creativity, or drive, isolation, detachment. In today's world, it is so easy to feel perpetually burnt out, especially in America. We're always going and doing and That energy is great until it gets imbalanced. We need the resting. We need the being instead of always doing. And if you're feeling out of balance, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just human. The good news is that we're going to get through it. Everything's going to be okay. I'm going to break up this episode into three parts. Part one will be how I realized I was burnt out. Part two is the science behind what's going on in your body when you're burnt out. I actually got inspired to do this part because I was listening to a Brene Brown podcast on burnout and it made me stop feeling so much shame about my burnout. Part three is how I'm pulling myself out of it and tips to get re-inspired and re-energize. Whenever I feel disconnected from myself, it's usually because I am spending too much time in my head and not enough time in my body. And when I feel distant from myself, I know that my soul is aching for intimacy with itself again. I realized I was burnt out when I was waking up each morning feeling like I had a butterfly caught in my chest. I'd wake up worrying and overthinking. The bed sheets felt like the heaviest weight to lift. In order to function, in order to cope, I did whatever I could to keep myself afloat. I began relying on unhealthy coping mechanisms to just try to get through the day. Drinking too much caffeine, isolating myself from people I love so that they couldn't see how I was really doing. At first, these coping mechanisms seemed like they were working, but they were only pushing me deeper into my burnout. I'm going to use an analogy to explain burnout. A friend of mine told me this, and I found it to be super helpful for understanding how I needed to take care of myself. If you were driving your car and you got stuck in the mud, You wouldn't continue to floor the gas as hard as you could to get out. It would only push you further into the mud. When you are burnt out, you are deep in the mud. And there's nothing wrong with your car. Being stuck in the mud is just your current circumstances. 
it doesn't mean your car's worth less. It's not forever. And if your car is stuck in the mud, the first thing you do is get out and assess the situation. Create awareness of what's going on. That will tell you about the difficulty of the problem and help you determine the course of action. In order to even begin to recover from burnout, I had to allow myself to meet myself where I'm at. I had to simply be an observer of my actions, my daily routines, without judgment. Okay, I just switched locations for recording. I am now currently sitting inside my closet. I live in San Francisco, so it's a pretty small closet, but I kind of like it in here. I kind of think this might be my new recording spot. Back to where I left off. Another thing you would do if your car was stuck in the mud would be asking all the passengers to get out because your car is only going to sink deeper into the mud with the added weight of other passengers. You cannot be everything at once for everyone. You have to show up for yourself first. I realized I wasn't putting myself first. That was only sinking me deeper into the mud as I tried to hold up everyone around me. Then once you've taken all the other passengers out, your priority is getting the car out of the mud. You need to try some different methods to gain some traction before trying something new. I had to look at what I was doing right, what was working. I think we don't give ourselves enough credit that getting out of bed each morning, going to work, lacing up your running shoes, just showing up is doing enough. You are whole and worthy without needing to show up as someone or as something. So I looked at the things that brought me strength, the things that gave me life force energy, And in order to find that strength, I had to let go of what I was holding on to that wasn't serving me. I released the expectation of being something. And in order to do that, I had to start speaking to myself a little bit more softly, which gave me the energy to do the things that made me feel human again. Sometimes you have to shovel out some of the mud from under your car. I had to clear my head by getting into my body. So I started running a few times a week to feel my heartbeat, to feel my legs ache, to focus on my breath, to slow down my thoughts, two breaths in, one extended breath out. And I think it's easy to have negative thoughts sink in, but you have to remind yourself that you are not your thoughts. When you have a negative thought come in, you just choose not to believe it. When I started running again, I was like, wow, I used to be able to run so much further than this, so much faster, and I had to kind of stop myself and be like, okay, but you're going for a run. You got out of bed. You're doing everything you can right now. Once I learned the science of burnout, I stopped feeling so much shame about my burnout and where I was at. It's hard to remember sometimes that we're human and we need basic 
things like eight hours of sleep, sunlight every day. We need proper nutrition. And burnout is often categorized into three stages. So stage one would be a lot of anxiety. Stage two would be you're trying to conserve your energy. So you're late to things, you're procrastinating on things, turning work in late. Stage three is exhaustion. A lot of people feel depression and sadness in this phase. I am trying to pull myself out of three right now. I listened to a really, really good podcast that I mentioned earlier by Brene Brown that I will link in the show notes. And I took some notes on this podcast to really understand what's going on in my body that causes burnout. It's not just exhaustion. I'm not a psychologist and I can't get Brene Brown to come on this podcast, be a guest, because she's busy interviewing people like Joe Biden. I did take some notes and I'm going to do my best to share with you why I was feeling so incredibly burnt out. Our nervous system can exist in these states. Fight or flight, freeze, rest and digest. I think I'm in freeze. You can kind of think of it as the emergency state. And this means we are shut down physiologically in your body. Your fuel storage and insulin activity increases and your pain threshold increases. People often feel depressed, dissociate, feel overwhelmed, and feel like they can't move forward in this state. And you're probably like, why do I have this response in my body? Because how does this help me survive? It's actually pretty crazy because when you're in this state, you have an increased pain hormone, your metabolism slows down, and your immune system decreases. When you're in a state of freeze, just know that your body is quite literally doing everything it can to keep you alive. And once I got that, once I understood that my body was doing what it could in order to keep me alive, I understood that burnout was not me being lazy or unable to handle life, but it was me just living in a state of dysregulation for too long. It's not because you're not strong enough. You're doing everything you can to survive. Your body is responding with all the strength it has. Once you come out of that shame, it's empowering to know that you can bring yourself out of that and you're going to be okay. The last state, rest and digest, is response of the parasympathetic nervous system. It's our state of safety. And when we're in that state, we're grounded, we're mindful, we're joyful, we're curious, we're empathetic, we're compassionate. This is the state of connectedness to ourselves and the world. Physically, your body has a stronger resistance to infection. Your immune responses are increased. Your circulation is increased. Your digestion gets better. If you're someone who suffers from stomach issues, you can be eating all the right things. But if you're not in rest or digest, that could be what's causing it. I love grounding rituals to activate the parasympathetic nervous system to pull myself out of that state of freeze eating root vegetables or for that matter just eating as much food from the earth as possible eating to feel good foods filled with b vitamins to give you energy nourishing yourself a lot of healing my relationship with food 
has been starting from a place of eating to feel good. Another way I like to get grounded is spending time in nature, standing in the sun, imagining it recharge my body, meditating. Meditating can be so hard sometimes, but I think that if you just turn it into a habit, it gets so much easier because it just becomes something automatic. And then I reward myself after. I read this book on habits about how if you reward yourself after doing a habit, you are more likely to have it stick. If you're not used to meditating and you want to get into it, I learned in my yoga teacher training that the best time to meditate is after you work out. I love the app Insight Timer, spending time in nature, sitting by the ocean, and just watching everything around you. Even if you only make time once a week to go out to the ocean, I love to just notice all the crabs running around on the rocks, the water flowing in and out, the sand that gets tossed up in each wave. When you just sit there and you are present, knowing that you are a force of nature just like the ocean, more grounding rituals are walking barefoot. In San Francisco, that's been a little bit challenging. Massaging, I didn't know about this one. Even just massaging your own hands, like holding your own hand, that sounds kind of weird, but I do that when I get anxiety attacks and I'm just like, okay, you're gonna be okay. Laughing, sometimes watching a stupid movie and just laughing is good. To activate your parasympathetic nervous system doesn't have to be anything crazy. I also had to remove the things that were just adding more stress to my stress. I took some time off social media just to be a human that doesn't have to document all the time. Before focusing on what I could add in, I had to know what to take out. I'm not going to say that deleting social media is the cure because I personally also get a lot of inspiration and joy from being online. I've met so many amazing people, but I just think that your relationship with it can change depending on your needs. And I'm trying to protect my energy a little bit more nowadays by being not as present online when I feel already out of tune. And maybe you feel fine when you go on social media. Maybe your energy drainers are certain people or certain habits. And chances are you're going to realize that you are being available for too many people or too many things. That's where protecting your energy comes in. I feel really bad sometimes for doing nothing, but I can perform so much better in life if I just give myself a 15-minute break or an hour break. I don't always have to be optimizing. Rest is optimizing. Taking a nap. Breaks promote productivity. Learning about time management. I think the thing that's really tricky about being a college student is you're not necessarily on a really good schedule. The reason I got so burnt out is because I was not giving myself enough breaks. I was waking up in the morning, working on the podcast, working out, going to class, coming home, doing more work, trying to get a walk-in, and then before I knew it, it was 10.30 When you live like that, your spirit can feel very dismissed. You can kind of feel like a machine. I've realized that making time to create art 
which is one of the ways I cope with the harder sides of the human experience, is really important for me. And I deplete myself mentally and emotionally if I don't do that. You have to ask yourself if the way you're living is allowing you to have your basic human needs met. Anything that is meant for you, you will not have to destroy yourself for. That brings me to part three, which is good. My leg is falling asleep because I'm sitting in a really weird position in my closet right now. Tips to re-energize. My first way is prayer and meditation. Whether you're religious or not, I think tuning into conversation with a higher power is really powerful for transformation. I don't think there's one right way to connect to a higher power. When we're children, we're tuned into this interconnectedness of everything. We understand that spirit flows through everything, spirit lives in everything. Taking time to ask the universe, ask source for guidance, visualizing what you're asking for. When I go for runs, I will close my eyes sometimes while I'm running and I'll just visualize what I am asking for from the universe. I'll ask for certain specific signs. For example, I always ask to see dolphins as a sign of hope. I used to live in Southern California and I'm excited because I'm moving back in a month. On one of the hardest mornings of my life, I went for a walk by the ocean. I saw probably 300 dolphins swimming together. I have no idea. I don't have an explanation of what I saw. I just know that that was the universe's way of communicating to me that I was going to be okay. A lot of people love angel numbers. My second way is to invite newness into your life. Go somewhere new. Try something new. Get yourself out of your monotonous day-to-day routine. I love going to a coffee shop I've never been to and creating a playlist of music I don't usually listen to. Theme playlists are super fun. I made a Parisian playlist the other day because I really have been craving going to Europe. And I went to this bakery in San Francisco that is known for their croissants. And I just had a croissant and listened to that playlist and went to the park. And it was so nice. The bakery is called RC Cult Bakery. It's on the street that I used to live on in San Francisco called Arguello. Another way I invite newness into my life is finding inspiration from things that aren't self-help or growth-oriented. One of my favorite tools to shift the lens in which I look at the world is reading books. Some books that have really brought back inspiration in my life are Just Kids by Patti Smith, The Year of Magical Thinking by Joan Didion, and The Idiot by Elif Bauman. Those are just some books to start with. Learning from other people's experiences and relating them to our own can really help us make more sense of the world. Our diet goes beyond the nutrients we put in our body. It's what we read. It's the thoughts we choose to believe. It's what we watch, what we listen to. These books shift my energy in a really beautiful way. Being mindful of how different things you consume impact your energy is huge. And my third way to 
re-energize my last way is writing finding an activity that re-energizes your spirit i have been writing a lot of poetry i'm thinking about putting it into a little book once i figure out the structure better i've wanted to write a poetry book since i was in high school as a little girl my family would go to wyoming every summer the air is so clean there wild bison roam buffalo bison i actually don't know the difference and i got corrected on it recently which i still don't really fully understand the difference but so we would go there every summer and i remember i would sit on the porch of the cabin we were staying in and i'd write fiction stories about me adventuring through the forest running with the elk hiding from bears in the tetons and i just remember it was such an escape for me but also made my spirit feel so much lighter and i kind of carried that practice with me throughout high school in my teen angst phase i would go to poetry night at a local coffee shop and listen to everyone read their poetry so for me any type of creative writing being around that just really charges my spirit up Sometimes dinner with a new friend at a new place charges my spirit. Honestly, just depends on the day. So more of the being, less of the doing. Having my Sunday to reset. Sunday reset is more than just a skincare routine and going to the farmer's market. It's making time for the things that bring you back into your natural flow. So sensuality is a huge thing. Candles lit, hot bath lavender, epsom salt, dark chocolate, red wine. Figure out what it is that you need and not what the world needs from you. That's how you regain inspiration. And if everything feels monotonous, if it feels so heavy, break up each week and then break up each day and then just take it hour by hour, minute by minute. Don't look so far ahead. Because I think a lot of burnout is worrying about the future and worrying about what you have to do next. You can even just make a list that morning. These are my energy givers. These are my energy drainers. I think that's a really good check-in. It's a really good journal prompt at any time to use. And tell yourself you can do it because I believe in you guys. I appreciate all of the love I have received while I've been gone away. I actually got a few messages just saying, asking how I'm doing, checking in, and that really means the world to me. I feel very lucky to be a part of this community. Thank you guys so much for rating the podcast. It really helps keep me going. I love you all very much. Love your friend, Sion.